Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Ah, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations, and hopefully you're off work. Luckily for you, old dirty show and team, he'll have the latest. And the latest is, uh, it looks like it's coming at some point. D'Amico Ryans is going to, by all, by all reports and most people in the know, be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. Uh, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans is planning to travel uh, to Houston for a second interview with the Texans per sources. And if it goes to plan, Cal McNair, Hannah McNair, and Nick Casario should have their next head coach uh, in the former linebacker here. Uh, I, I think one there's been there's been a lot of reports and things given away, including Woody Page in Denver of the Denver Post saying that it, it's reports that uh, that D'Amico had already let them know that he was uh, he was going to move on. But I think after the NFC Championship game was the, the, the last one, old John Gannon, who has interviewed multiple times here with the Texans, um, he was he was asked about this, the potential of his last game uh, coming up in the Super Bowl as the defensive coordinator uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, might be your last one here because no, you might get the call. No, Philly, Philly, Philly's keeping me. We're good, bad, or indifferent. I'm staying here. Oh, that, that that became another clue. That okay, all right. So he's out. I mean, he ain't he, he he's he's out here in uh, in Houston. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be D'Amico Ryan's. I think one thing now that that kind of shifts, and I know this is something we can talk about moving forward, is all right now if D'Amico is the guy. What does that mean for pick two? What does that mean for especially pick two? Obviously, they got two first-round picks. But does that mean, all right, but we're going, we're going quarterback. Does that mean, like, look out for one of those top defensive linemen? I think that's one thing that immediately jumps to the mind is you get your coach, all right, free agency, but the draft is coming, and we know how big that is. What is the move early? Yeah, look, so I think there's two of them, right? What do they do? What does he do? Two questions. What does he do with the OC position? Uh, and then what does D'Amico Ryans being the head coach mean for the top pick? I think if you if you would have hired or or if they do hire an offensive minded coach, I think it's pretty obvious they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna flip every stone to make the offense hum, right? Make the offense uh get where they need it to get to ASAP. With a defensive minded head coach, D'Amico Ryans, I'm hiring you because you are what I know is a great defensive mind. We've got a ton of resources. Poor in Pour those resources into what you know and we know that you can do great, D'Amico Ryan. So, does that mean in that with those top picks, uh, two and twelve, uh, and and do you go interior defensive lineman and do you go edge rusher? Do you go two interior defensive lineman? I mean, you've you've got to have. For D'Amico Ryans to do defensively in Houston, what we've seen him do in San Francisco for two years, you got to have dudes up front that can make it happen, right? Warner, Greenlaw, all those linebackers they have that that play so well that flash every time you turn a San Francisco game on, that don't happen if them dudes up front, them four down linemen, aren't demanding double teams and aren't creating absolute havoc up front. So what happens – on the offensive side of the football at the OC position, absolutely critical. But what do they do with the top picks in this year's draft? I think I think it's dependent upon who the head coach is. If it's D'Amico's show, 
I have no problem with him saying, huh, you know, we heard Lovey say it. My defense starts with that with that uh, under tackle. My defense starts with that defensive tackle. But there was no effort to get that guy. D'Amico would have to go and get that guy immediately. Whether it's free agent or the draft, I would be willing to bet you one of those top two picks are used on, on somebody in that defensive front. Oh, well. I would hope so. I just, like for me, I'm one, we know there's going to be a quarterback on the board. No question. We know there is. Like, I think everybody is excited about D'Amico. I'm just wondering if Bryce Young is on the board and they go Carter from Georgia because, all right, I need to get I need to get that anchor, that defensive line, I need to get that anchor. I wonder what the feel would be for, for D'Amico. I wonder what the feel – because that would, that would scream to me that D'Amico is like, I got to have this. Yeah. I yeah. got to have this. Yeah. And even though there's a quarterback right there, I got to have this. I want – I just I wonder how how folks would react to that. That would be a hard one if Bryce Young, for me personally, if Bryce yeah. Young is on on the well, but that. But that's what we got to be. That's what we're going to be looking at, though. I, I, I think surely D'Amico's of the sort. Like like I've said this from jump. Like if you go in and Bryce Young just just absolutely blows your mind. It, I don't care who you are, what side of the ball you coach on. You got to go get that dude. If C.J. Stroud does it, if Will Levis does it, then you got to go get that dude. But anything short of it. You, you've got to fill the biggest voids. And you're a defensive-minded head coach. This defense absolutely stunk. The defense needs big-time, big-time injection of talent. And, and look, the one thing I, I feel like when you hire D'Amico Rines that you can absolutely trust is him to go out there and pick his groceries on his own side of the damn football. That's for sure, right? Yeah. D'Amico Rines ought to be able to go in there and get you with two first-round picks – if, if it isn't a quarterback, he ought to be able to go in there and get you two plug-and-play starters that help this defense get better immediately. Yeah. Right? Free All the cap space they got. He ought to be able to go get two, three pieces yeah. that are absolute game changers. And so, that's um, – for me, the number one – or the number two overall pick, It my mindset around that pick changes drastically when, you find out when I find out who the head coach is. Fire. Here's Mahomes rolling out on third and four. He's going to go for the ash. He's got the marker. He's got the out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. Personal foul, unnecessary roughness, defense number 58. And that 15 yards. I feel like Tyler personally cut Tony Romo out of there just to not have that. I don't want to hear that, dude. It's getting worse. Man. Not a fan either, huh? Man, it. it <laughs> The more I did pay you, attention, the more you, really listen. It's getting bad. Did you, did, I was going to say, do you think us bringing it up, I'm talking sure. about it, has it's brought more to it? Yeah, but I, I mean, think he, I, I think he had a really bad night yesterday. There was a moment where he said something about, oh, the the, the refs haven't signaled yet. The play in the end zone haven't yeah, signaled. Yeah. They had already called the damn touchdown, yeah, and Nan slides in. Uh, well, they're, they're, they signaled touchdown, yes. Like, what are you doing, dude? Are you watching? Yes. Yeah, getting rough for tone it's getting rough for him but uh that was Mahomes. home checks are cashing tone gonna be all right oh yeah uh but uh but yeah they 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 uh that was the play there a lot of people are talking about today with the ankle and everything for me clint is you guys who's watched him quarterback understand that was that was that one of those moments for you like you like all right man Patrick Mahomes like this is this is a this is a moment that I'll remember like this is a thing that took him 
to the next level. Was it that type of a performance? No, 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 it, it wasn't. I, I think I think this was uh, – I didn't watch this game and, and go, boy, Pat just put this squad on his back. and went. They scored 10 points in the second half, right? I mean, I, they scored three points in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, it, it, this was not a, a – the final drive was a, a scramble, a penalty, and, a, and a, a, a great punt return that put him in position. Um, there, there were to me there was the injury. I don't think was nearly as bad as we all thought it was, and and I have a real hard time leaning into the injury uh, um, storyline, if you will, because I, I watched the guy rumble for you know really I think it was ten yards, but whatever it was it was fifteen to twenty if you take when he dropped back and then took off without a limp, just rolling. So um, I, I have mean, a hard he just rolling. Well, I mean, he outran, he outran a, a, a damn linebacker. He had a, he had a little hitch. Oh, get that, that, that's your that's your Pat Mahomes cheap blood that, over there talking. I mean, that's just anybody who was watching. No, no, I watched I mean, it. I, 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 I watched it the whole time, and there I, was there was nothing about like after plays he limped. I mean, there was nothing. His little footsies. He, he was he was he was a lot mobile, and I don't and I don't think it was like your high ankle sprain that sit somebody right, right. down for six weeks. I mean, he would just. I'll tell you this: it, it's it's not. He, he, well, he's never just rolled. I mean, he's not that fast of a guy anyway. But he clearly, what there was, there was, he had plenty of mobility to go get the first down in the last play of the game. This isn't a game where I watched and said Pat put the team on his back, and it isn't a game where I watched and was like, boy, I don't know how Pat played on that ankle the way he did. Like there, there was. Now, did he and the coaching staff overcome some shortcomings with their with their wide receivers and their skill guys? Absolutely, no question about it. The defense lit it up. I, I didn't. I didn't walk away from that stroking Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I. Um, I, I mean, I. I think he was obviously uh, hampered. I. I am. I am still, and I'm listening to Rex Ryan's crazy ass earlier today. I. I I'm kind of with him. I am surprised that they didn't put more heat on him. That they didn't put more. They didn't send more. That they didn't say, "All right, man, we we're gonna." We're gonna make you have to, to move. I thought Pat moved a lot on his terms, you know, like he he moved and, and got away on his terms, or they even did kind of straight line rollouts when he yeah. knew he was gonna roll out. There wasn't a ton of pressure that made him have to, like, take a hard step because the one time, the one time, and it was interesting because hell, he got hurt and McCole Hardman got hurt on the same play. He ran out. He, he floated out to the left. And then tried to go like he would always do it, crossbody, and he hit him. But that was that was when he yep. really he, he hurt. Like that, I, I was surprised the Bengals didn't send more pressure to make him move off of it. Like generally, when you rush him, you're like, let, let, let me contain to keep him from going outside. I I think the thought should have been no, crash them suckers yeah. and make him. I'm just surprised he didn't. They didn't make him get off his mark and move more. You know, on their terms, and not just when like he wanted to. Yeah, I, I, it that, was, that surprised uh, me. Yeah, it, it, look, man, I mean, it, it was. It was. I thought uh, Rex Ryan was going to lose his mind <laughs> today. Can you believe that? I would have had him on his ass. I would have, <laughs> like, I would oh hit him every God. time. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I thought, I thought overall they had a pretty good game plan, it, it, especially once Kadarius Tony went out. It was like that. That was the the weapon. I, I think the offensively that really really hurt was Kadarius Tony and, and his versatility when he got hurt boy it was it was ugly but um I, I don't know man look it, it was a it was a big win and and we can we can split up Pat Mahomes performance six ways to Sunday but when it's all said and done the dude's team was in a position where 
under a minute, hell, under 30 seconds on the clock. They needed to they needed to get in field goal position, and he, he went and got him in field goal position and won a game, and he's going to another Super Bowl. So that's the end of the story. Burrowhead, my ass! Five o'clock fire. Oh, that's, that's good, man. He's good. That's really good, man. Damn, what a treasure. All right, um, <laughs> the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, this is interesting to me. This is according to Albert Breer of uh, SI.com. He reports that the Raiders haven't given Derek Carr permission to seek a trade, which, mm. all right, I, I, to me, when you first hear it, I think I understand to the point of, like, I, I can't, one, I can't believe they're not. Like, either they're going to trade him or they're going to cut him because, like, he's old, like, something like 30-something million dollars if he's still on the roster, like, February 15th. So, like, I'm surprised that they're not, they're not trying to push. Yeah, they're not encouraging for, it, huh? for this, but it – like I don't think he's going to be there right anymore. We we he can't be, and I guess maybe they just are willing to cut him by that time. But I am I am surprised that 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 they're not all in this to try to get some kind of asset back for him. Yeah, it, it's the whole that whole scenario, that whole situation is is uh, is wild. And, it's weird and, from the beginning that he's just. I mean, I think I'm gonna pass on these last two weeks. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I think it's better that I'm not here with the team. That that's it, it's. Um, you know, like I said, the, these veteran these veteran quarterbacks hitting the market. It's it's crazy. Derek Carr is just one of many. Any way you slice it, whether they entertain a trade or they end up having to cut him, I don't know why a team would make a trade for him if, if they've got to make that kind yeah. of decision at, at in in mid February. I would so. dare them to pay him. Right by that point. Right, yeah, right, I would right, dare right. Him to. But surprise, the Raiders aren't aren't doing it themselves. Five o'clock fire. All right. Um, listen, this is Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, giving an update on what is happening with the Cowboys situation. They have uh, they've parted ways with uh, with Kellen Moore, their OC. But listen to what the uh, the move is following that for him. The Dallas Cowboys and Kellen Moore yesterday afternoon became official. They have parted ways. Really is not a surprise. Mike McCarthy indicated as much late this week, but now official. But it all sounds like there was everything in the works beforehand. From what I understand, the Chargers received permission to speak with Kellen Moore before he and the Cowboys parted ways. Are in motion. He is expected to be very much in the mix for the Chargers OC job. Could end up be the one pulling the strings for Justin Herbert in Los Angeles. All right, let's start with the Cowboys part of this, Clint. Word uh, word on the street is that Mike McCarthy is going to remain, and he is going to have even more of an impact on the offense, in particular the quarterback, Dak Prescott. Uh, I knew that I knew all of them weren't going to stay, right? You knew Dak wasn't going anywhere, but you knew it wasn't going to be the three of them, the head coach, the OC, and the quarterback. There's going to be some change, right? They weren't going to just run it back. I'm surprised that this is the route they've gone. Yeah, look, I did not see – Jerry Jones doubling down on Mike McCarthy. Like I, I thought Mike McCarthy would more than likely be fired. Um and, and and now here we are with Jerry saying, no, we're gonna fire everybody else, including some of the defensive staff, or not not maybe not fire them, not re up their contracts. And and we're gonna double down on Mike McCarthy and make him the play caller. I, I there I, it was. Glory hope. I have a really hard time believing that's what that's the route Jerry's really gonna go here. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think that's. I think who calls plays in 2023 is is uh, completely up in the air right now. But but yes, I, I am surprised that not that Kellen Moore is gone, but but that that uh, Mike McCarthy is still there. Yeah, I, yeah, me me. He's going to potentially call plays and work with. I think you said it earlier. 
Like, if you draw it up in your mind, Jerry, and maybe there's another move coming. If you draw it up in your mind, Jerry, all right, man, we, listen, we definitely got to get the best out of Dak. We can't have what happened. I mean, Dak's play is probably what cost us from not playing in yesterday's game. And the thought is, Mike. Mike's the guy. Give him more. Yeah. In, in today's – well, when, you got, when you're got when you tied to Dak for so many years and, – and, and, look, I I felt like it two years ago, uh, you know, I was I was kind of out on a limb on, on my own of one of very few people that were like, man, you got to use Dak's legs. And then he gets injured. And it's like, well, that ship has sailed. Now now they're going to be gun shy and literally try to force Dak into being a pocket passer. And um, now, you know, I, I think the last year or so, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, you got to use his legs. You got to get him more involved with his legs. And then you fast forward to what we watched this weekend really the last two weekends with Jalen Hurts and and their ability to use the quarterback skill set, his legs uh, as a weapon, I, I think that's the, the direction the Cowboys have to go. And and it seems like that statement, that messaging is, is pretty loud throughout the NFL. I'd be shocked if Jerry Jones doesn't in some way, shape, or form address that with a play caller, uh, a Got passing to. game coordinator, a run game coordinator, somebody in that building that's got an experience with doing some of the quarterback plus one run stuff, not Mike McCarthy. All right. All right, we watched championship games yesterday, and I think watching that, I think we owe we owe some uh we owe a round of applause to the Houston Texans. What they they pulled off something this year after watching that game yesterday, we gotta give him some credit. We'll discuss that next. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. We got to give... I gotta, I, Looking at that game yesterday and the game the game in which both the quarterbacks had the ability to throw the football. So that is uh that is the AFC championship game. Gotta give the Texans some credit. Chris Jones, right would it be fair to say he was the best player on the field yesterday for the AFC championship game? Yeah, I would uh I, I would I would say that. There's some really great players out there, but I mm-hmm. think he he dominated the game. How in the hell did the Houston Texans hold him to no stats? No stat. When they played the Texans early this year, he did not make one play. Not a tackle. Yeah. Not. I mean, there was not even pressures. Like he did not do anything. And it was the game in which they moved Titus inside to guard, and he went up against him a lot. We were talking about, well, man, that's that's one of the best players in the game. And when you watch him yesterday. The, the the Bengals dropped back thirty eight times. He got double teamed thirty one times or thirty one times, and he had two sacks, eight pressures in the game, just absolutely destroying them. And then got the, the the sack at the end to make them punt the ball. But the Texans, the Texans held his ass down and didn't even have their regular guys there. I'm about, I mean, the hell did they pull that off? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's I don't know if it says you know that you, we talked about it. That's that's the game they moved Titus Howard from tackle into guard, and and so is did, did Chris Jones take the game off, 
or, or did Titus Howard actually lock him down? I I, I don't know. I I know it was a good look for Titus. That's for damn no, sure. No, man, because because yesterday, like I said, man, Mahomes is getting a lot of the, the the noise because I mean the quarterbacks do, and he and he was hurt and had a hell of a performance as well. But what Chris Jones, it's like he was taking turns with every last one of the, the linemen up front. And, God, what he was doing to Max Sharping, Jesus. I mean, that was that was rough. But that that perform, that was Aaron Donald-like yesterday. That was, that was take over the game. So, yeah, Mahomes is getting the credit. But if they don't, if they don't have Chris Jones, they don't have a shot in that game yesterday. Yeah, no, look, I think it's clear that this, the story, the number one storyline here is it, it should be that the defense held held uh, Joe Burrow and and that skilled group to twenty points. Um, I mean, to me, that I mean, you, you play four quarters, you hold that offense to twenty points, and and you are the Kansas City Chiefs. You you should win that ball game. Yeah, ten out of ten. I mean, you you should win that ball game. And and the way in which, as you said, Chris Jones dominated moments in that game in in a big way impacted the pocket damn near every time Joe Burrow dropped back. Um, and and then there was a there was a bunch of youngsters in the secondary that played really, uh, really well. You you look at the other def- the guys in the you know pass rushers in that defensive front, Frank Clark and the, the what's the, what's the rookie kid's name, Karloftis. Yeah. Um, you know th- those guys made plays. I mean, it's just um, that that defense to do what they did in a moment where you know typically you go out there and it's like, you know, if Kansas City has a good a good game defensively. And guys like Chris Jones dominate, then it's an absolute blowout because they're so good offensively. But with Pat with Pat hobbled, with the 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 weapons, no Tyreek Hill obviously, and then you've got weapons like Juju Smith Schuster, Kadarius Tony out, can't play. Um, you know, you're leaning on their Kansas City Chiefs had to lean on their defense. No, they did in, in a huge moment, and their defense answered the bell. That was big, man. Yeah, as someone texted, Jones wasn't motivated to play the Texans. I don't know, man. You you trying to add your sack total up? That's a game you think. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, baby. <laughs> I'm going to give me two of these peppers. Yeah, obviously it wasn't an AFC championship game. He wasn't motivated to that extent. But, I I, I mean, I think he was he was ready to go. Real quick on the other one, because this matchup, we got a, two weeks we'll be talking about this. Are the Eagles, are the Eagles as good as – their two playoff games look. I mean, a 38-7 against the Giants, it just completely dumb. I mean, both these games are, are really are over at the half. Uh, against 38-7 against the Giants, 31-7 against the 49ers, dominated them. Now, they have not seen great quarterback play um, with with Daniel Jones. And then what happened yesterday, I mean, I mean the, the, the 49ers down their four-string quarterback, and then they were down to a quarterback that couldn't throw. Are they are they this this good? Because they're starting out as the favorite right now in this game, and I think a lot of people early. But do you, you feel like they're this dominant of a team, Clint? Man, I I think it's a great question. I personally am buying what the the Eagles are putting down. I mean, you look at yesterday. I know going to this ball game, one of your impact players in in, in the the championship weekend was Hassan Reddick. Well, it didn't take him long. Good, um, I mean, it didn't take him long at all. He ends up knocking the quarterback out of the ball game. Um, they knocked the, the the second string quarterback out of the ball game. So the, you, you talk about the pass pass rush; it's clearly the real deal. Um, oh, and, they, and then you then you look at what they do offensively. Show I, I just the, the I think the one thing about 
the 49ers game that we can lean into is the way in which that offense. Now, there was no pressure to necessarily drop back and throw the ball and score more points. It was pretty much they they got a lead early and just kind of coasted and, and didn't make mistakes. But their ability to run the football. Um, we talked a lot last week about whoever whoever they hire here, if the offensive mind is from the Shanahan tree, they got to find that that guy that's anywhere from Debo Samuel to Gainwell. We saw Gainwell have another uh, another big game for uh, the, the yeah, Eagles. You said, you said he'd be he'd impacted in some yeah, way. Yeah, and he was a leading rusher, and then Miles Sanders did well, and then and Jalen Hurts ran the football well, and so I, I'm just I'm buying what that pass rush did because that's a situation that that's why well, no, yeah, that's that, why the 49ers were in that predicament. That, that's that's real. Their yeah. their line play is is real. Yeah. Like on that, both sides, that, yeah, right? Yeah. Their O line and their D line is real both ways. I, they just, as someone just texted in, uh, two back to back texts from the trailer will and frame text line. The Eagles are the most complete team in the NFL. They are, they are loaded top to bottom. Then I'm not buying into the Eagles. I, I just, Jalen hasn't, I don't even know, even since he's returned, even the one game he played against. Uh, the Giants to end the season when the Giants set out all their guys. He just hasn't been forced yet to have to make plays for, I yep. mean, for, for like being down or anything. Because like I said, these games are over at the half. They're early turnovers that are leading them. And that game was actually, they scored the touchdown, which they got away with on the, the, the pass that Smith had, uh, caught on fourth yep. down. I mean, but they were like the the Niners were stopping them for a little bit, and then the turnover happened, and then they kind of jumped jumped on them there. But it, they just haven't been forced with that offense, in particular Jalen Hurts hasn't been forced yet since he's returned from the injury to have to play at a high level. And he threw for like 130, 140 yards yesterday, yeah. and didn't he run? I mean, it's not like he ran for. I mean, he ran for less than forty yards. Obviously, you all know, prop bets. But yeah, thirty nine yards needed forty seven and a half. Yeah, but I, I just that's that's the thing we haven't seen since he's returned. Has this offense been pushed and been forced to have to really deliver? Yeah, and and I you know I I think that's you know they would rather not. You know you look at at these teams like Cincinnati and Buffalo and Kansas City and um, you know it's it, it's about the the high flying throwing the ball all over the park and. Um, you know that's where they want it. That's where they feel like they have the advantage. Where they feel like they can they can win. Well, you look at Philly, and I I think it's more about you know winning in the trenches, dominating the the the, the time of, of possession, and not turning the football over, and and grinding you down to get you into the second half to where now you're beat down and you give in, and now they've got the advantage. And so, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you. We haven't had to we haven't seen the game put on Jalen Hurts' shoulders from a from a perspective of having to throw the football, um, but. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know that we will see it. Right, and they may not have to even yeah. even in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'm not saying they're gonna win the Super Bowl, even though that's probably who I'm picking. I'm not saying they're gonna win the Super Bowl. They're, they're I just believe that they're they're good enough at what they do to keep that thing close, and and to 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 make it a game without having to change their identity and throw on and and have him be involved in the passing game yeah. on their turn. Yeah, well I mean yeah, yeah, exactly. If they choose to because of what Sam uh, because of what Kansas City's doing, then cool, but uh, I I don't I don't think it's I don't see this thing getting out of out of out of whack at any time to where all of a sudden they're down three touchdowns in the third quarter and it has, it's all on Jalen. You know, that that's just not that ain't where they're headed. Yeah. 
All right, a lot of seeing this going around on the text line. Uh, what happened to the prop bets? Did you guys hit them? All right, we'll, 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 uh, we'll remind ourselves where we were and what we did on these prop bets. I know these two idiots lost money, real money, on, uh, on A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do it again. Do it again. Why don't you guys do it again for the Super Bowl? Lose you some good money again coming up. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll update you guys on those. And the big story, D'Amico Ryans, the two burning questions that now come to mind with D'Amico Ryans potentially being the next head coach. We'll discuss that next right here on The Drive. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Prop bets. How many of these did you actually place wagers on, Tyler? Because we had it with, with, with the NFC Championship game. We did three apiece. We had A.J. Brown receptions. It was at four and a half. Hurts rushing yards. It was at what, 40? 47 and a half. 47 and a half. And then Purdy's passing yards. Well, we all right on that one. I mean, I, I mean, it, it was two hundred. It was two twenty-five, I believe. Two twenty-two and a half. Two twenty-two and a half, and, and it, it wasn't. No, you you said he'd go over, Tyler. I think. I think Tyler actually bet that one. Did Which you, the Hurts? No. no, the 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 Purdy. You told us you bet the Purdy wait before the show even started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the show started, I had yeah. And, I hope uh, you didn't put a whole lot of money on that one. No, I didn't. How much did you put on? You put a good amount on the AJ Brown. You felt good about that. The one. over four and a half receptions yeah. for AJ Brown. Yeah, I put about forty bucks on that. More than I typically do on a prop bet. And it was right there. I put a hundred on. Yeah, I know you did. You felt. I no, nah, and I was with you. Uh, I mean, and when the game started, it was like four catches. I man. thought he's gonna have fourteen. When the game started, like I thought he was going four in the first but quarter. That, but man. that is clearly because of. The quarterback situation for the Niners, right? That they got, I would think so. They got I mean, it. They just didn't feel forced to to have to to do there anything. There was no reason to put air in the ball at all. There was absolutely no reason. Take all the air out of it. You got a running quarterback. Keep it on the ground. Keep the clock moving. Uh, you, you can. You, you were getting big chunk plays with with uh, with Gainwell anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, there was just no, there was no, and then, and then, uh, what was the other, the, the, the even the the Scott kid scored a yeah, touchdown. Boston he, Scott he Boston Scott was getting some runs. So. Yeah, man, I, I went I, my, the prop bets here: Purdy, two hundred twenty-two and a half yards; Hertz, forty-seven and a half rushing yards; AJ Brown, four and a half catches. I went one for three, and the fellas Tyler and Show went two for three because um, they had Purdy and Hertz. That's right. right. We all yeah, missed AJ Brown. All of us. That wasn't my fault. And then the uh, AFC Championship game: Kelsey at seven and a half receptions. I think I took the over on that, and he said right there at seven. That damn, that damn half, man. That's seven and a half. That's a that, that's an absolute killer. Bur- Burrow, what was it? One and a half touchdown passes. Yeah, we both we all took the over on that. Yep, we sure enough did. You put money on that one though, right, Tyler? You said that was your your lot. Like that was the one you most you felt most. Confident. I did feel good about. It. I ended up not placing any on that one. Yeah, I didn't put. Oh I didn't throw any God. money at that one. You, I mean, you literally said, "Oh, this is I know." What was, what was Mahomes passing yards? 285 and a half. I 285 and a half passing yards, total passing yards. I took the under on that. I was you lost one. that one. That was the only one I lost. Well, no, I lost Kelsey. You lost years. Kelsey. You went one for three. Tyler and I. No, no. You and I went one for three. Tyler, uh, I don't know what the hell Tyler did there. What'd you end up doing? You ain't got I don't know. Down. No, you I took the know. over. You said, oh, yeah, you took the over. Y'all, y'all thought it was going to be a shootout. I know. I, I went one for three in both games, so two for six. That's not a that's not a winning that's not a winning number right there, T. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. Damn, they looked so promising. They did, man. I, I mean, it it really did. I the, the AJ Browns a shocker. Like I, I would have put money on that. 
But see, the, I didn't, the, right the there, one, you just can't control nothing. That's just that's that's just how. I mean, that, that's just the old kicking the cods, man. I mean, you go four and a half catches, AJ Brown, no brainer. He gets four in the first quarter and ends the game with four catches. Boy, you and I look after the first quarter. I look up and Tyler's text. Tyler's tweeting about it. Tyler's tweeting about it. That's probably it. you, Tyler. Yeah, I, I, I jinxed like me, you, man. My nuts off. Yeah, you ripped him off on that. When I, I mean, I'm sitting in there just locked into this game, waiting for throw Debo a bubble screen real quick late in this ball game, knowing damn good and well they were up three touchdowns. It wasn't going to happen. It's a bad beat. Mm. They could have mm. done like a jet sweep. That counts as a reception. They could the old touch pass. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> Something. Get, get keep him happy, man. Get him some touches. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy. That was an easy little money you was going to make. Mm. I thought it was. They took that and they took that from you. Yeah, that's why I can't do it, man. Somebody said I had Slate gets a pick in the prop, prop bet. That almost saved me. Yeah. How, about, how about I had a cousin in a prop bet of uh, Scott? What'd you say? Boston Scott. Boston. I almost called Bart. Boston Scott. Two touchdowns. Ten dollar bet was going to pay four hundred something dollars. And he got he had one and he was getting the carry. He was getting carries down there close to, and they decided to sneak it in back to back times with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, against the Eagles, don't get that uh, short yardage. Mm-mm. We're good at that, ain't they? Think, uh, but you, I know there's a playoff of that. There is, there is something big. Oh, that I, they're waiting, they're waiting for. Because I wa- I watched the Niners. They just sunk everybody. If there was anything outside that they tossed, if anything where they faked that, yeah, there is nobody out there. Show, sure, I was praying for that for that I fake last you, night. You I was thinking, that. just hey, let Jalen just come out of there and just sprint right and dump that thing to. Dump oh, that thing to eleven. Yeah. yeah, you tried. To get <laughs> I was it trying off. to win you my bet. That thing was oh, over. Oh yeah, it was over. Hey, by the way, is this is this it? Starting tomorrow, we'd be giving away a chance to win tickets to the Houston Rodeo. That is correct. Two tickets throughout the show, a chance to win a pair of tickets to the rodeo. I'll be damned. Telling you, you listen to the drive, baby. You. Our, our boy Parker McCollum's like starting this thing off, kicking, kicking this thing off. off. That's right. That's right. Also coming up behind us as we get uh, as we get done here on the drive. The best of today with Biggie and T Mills, six to eight. Continue the latest conversation on uh, the Texans uh, coaching search and uh, the championship games as we get ready for the Super Bowl uh, tomorrow. Clint, all right. Uh, as you would say, this this hire is a this looks like it's a, it's going to be a sexy hire, especially for the fan base yep. <clears throat> and everybody else. Clint, uh, there are a couple of major questions with this thing. One of them being, who is going to be the OC? And I just and I, and I think that is a big question. But for you, Clint, explain why that is such a big deal to you, and why that and why that is so important. On who is going to be the OC of why that is a need to know, and what all that, what all tentacles that go. Well, I, I think you can look at the 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 four teams that that were left that played yesterday, and and the the polos on the sideline were a weapon offensively. Um, now, you, you, there's obviously San Francisco was really good defensively, even though they gave up 31 points, that they were really, really good defensively. You could argue that the Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator, some folks all of a sudden, because they've had, they've made a run and he's had a couple of good games, all of a sudden po- folks are yelling from the, from the hilltops about how he should be getting head coach consideration. Um, the, the, the defense is obviously important, but if you look at the one common thread in, in the, with the top teams in today's game, the offensive the, the offense has uh, a weapon on the sidelines in a polo and um, a, a quarterback that can go out there and and um, and win ball games for you. Whether it's from the pocket on platform on time or it's off script, 
the way that we see Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes do it. Either way it goes, you've got a guy back there that that um, that's winning ball games. I, I just I don't believe I don't believe in today's NFL that you can have just a vanilla uh, protect the football, you know, be disciplined, um, you know, you, you, you just be where you're supposed to, do your job like like that. I don't think that is enough in today's football to win. You better be creative. You better be dynamic. You better have somebody on your team that can that can go out and and when they when the general manager brings them in, can wrap their offense around those dynamic players and get the most out of them. You just you just absolutely have to have that guy. And and if you don't, then you're not winning in this league. It just it's just that it's just that simple. Yes. So I I, uh, I think he's got to get the OC right. D'Amico Rhines, if he's as good as everybody says he is, I'm I'm cool with it. Tip the cap. Let's rock and roll. But he's got to get the offensive offensive coordinator yeah. higher right. Big uh, yeah. time, big time important. Yeah, to, and I think it. I think depending on the person, it will sh- it would almost shed a light on on how much input that person has on who the next quarterback will be. Because I've said I I don't the person who is going to be the day one starter. I would be shocked if they're on the roster right now. Be shocked if if it's Davis Mills and he's yeah. on the roster right now and he's the starter. So I think that person may have impact. Hey, uh, tell me if you could tell me if I'm being if I'm just being soft or weak here. I know you. My concern, man, is well. I, I'm real nervous about somebody right here with this team, young quarterback potentially that does not have a lot of experience running an offense in terms of uh, being the main person. You mean, you, you mean young offense coordinator? Yeah, you're you a quarterback. Oh, you, uh, well, working with a young quarterback, a young like a this is a young gotcha. coordinator working with a young quarterback coming in. Never have called plays. Never have run an offensive meeting group. And maybe I'm just being uh, just being a little too nervous. But that that is that is one that kind of concerns me with a head coach coming in for the first time, having to deal with being the head coach, and you know he's a defensive minded guy, so he's handing it over to an offensive guy, and that guy be somebody who doesn't have any experience in calling plays and being the person and being the guy running. Because I know it happens, right? I know it happens. Like, hell, there there are a bunch of guys who ain't never called plays that go on right into being the head coach. Kevin O'Connell uh, is one. Mike McDaniel is another. But that does here just makes me mm, – this is about to be somebody who's just brand new to all of it. That yeah, I, that makes me a little little nervous. I, I think the key is, is setting that guy up with, with the support, right? If D'Amico's going to be the head coach – He's obviously a defensive-minded guy, and 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 look, I, I love the the possibility, the potential of him being, uh, you know, a great head coach. But but I'm not going to sit here and believe that D'Amico Rhines is a great offensive mind, understands all the ins and outs of what it takes to be uh, uh, to have a top offense, uh, and 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 I'm talking about the, the the intimate details of running it and putting it together and all of that. He could. I'm not saying he couldn't tell you what the hell he wants done over there. But actually, do, having the guys that do it and get it accomplished, I, I, I believe that you need to have, um, you know, guys that that have preferably done it before uh, as a player or as a coach, if not both. And and I I think that D'Amico Ryan's um, will have the opportunity to put together a staff of 
if there is a young OC, say a Brian Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles, which I'm a big fan of, right? D'Amico also is going to have the ability to, to bring in, say, former head coach of the Chargers, Anthony Lynn, who's the running back and assistant head coach right now in San Francisco. D'Amico would have the ability to bring him in as the running backs coach and assistant head coach to 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 help Brian Johnson. So Brian Johnson, a first-time play caller, would have not only the experience of, of being in that Eagles organization, but also Anthony Lynn, an offensive-minded former head coach, play caller. See, that would make his, me feel better. Oh, yeah. absolutely beautiful. You look at Chris Forster in, in the uh, 49er system. D'Amico obviously is very familiar with him. Right now, he's the O-line coach, run game coordinator. I can't think of a better run game to bring the O-line coach and the run game coordinator from than the San Francisco 49ers. And so uh, that that's that's kind of the vibe I'm talking about is if you go get a young offensive coordinator, up-and-coming guy, you got to surround him with the right dudes uh, to make it all make sense. And, and I, think, I think some of those guys are out there. I think that's probably the better approach than going out there and trying to find the next hot offensive coordinator that ain't never done a damn thing yeah. and letting just handing the reins over to him. You know, I hear a lot about this Bobby Slowick, the, the, uh, the pass it's a name game. name that's been connected with him. The pass game coordinator for the 49ers right now. Well, as I'm reading up on him and doing some due diligence, he was on the defensive side of the football until two years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's like, is that really where you want to just hand the keys over to a dude that, that literally has been under Kyle Shanahan, who's calling plays, and was on the defense. It's only been on the offensive side of football for a couple of years now. I, I, look, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I just know that, boy, if D'Amico really wanted to set this thing up right, there are some dudes out there, some assistant coaches out there that are former head coaches that got a lot, a lot of years in the NFL. That would be great ads to a young See, offensive coordinator. I can feel much more comfortable about that. Yeah, like a guy that has. You know, people really on the staff that he can turn to, and, and that have experience like that. It's, I mean, those some of those guys have been head coaches in the league. I just, in my mind, get to thinking, all right, man, you gonna hand this sucker over to somebody that is you like the, these guys, passing game coordinator. All right, it's yeah. all yours now. Been a passing game. What's he? How long has he been on the offensive side? He said two years. Two years, or somebody young like that, and it's yeah. worked. Mike McDaniel has worked. He's never called plays before, and now he's running the Dolphins and got them into the playoffs. It's worked. Kevin O'Connell as well, but ooh, to be the OC here under somebody who is you know getting you know just starting as well in D'Amico. Hmm. Well, I, I just I think I think that people that have never been in in inside the building. Maybe, maybe, I, not maybe. I, I do. I, I think speak too too kind of flippantly about. Well, well, you just pick a guy out of a system, like you, like anybody that's in that system over there would be good, or like that system has, like that's like every system doesn't have year to year three or four guys you can just go cherry pick from them. Yeah. They don't even have one that you can go What'd cherry you say pick. For the Somebody they're gonna run out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's bro. It's just it's like these guys have to be. Leaders of men, unbelievably detail oriented. They have to be able to to play to play design. Like on Monday, come up with new designs to attack this defense. Have to have the ability to communicate it, and then they have to have the the ability, the awareness, and the wherewithal to to call it at the right time in in the game. Right? I mean, 
there, there's a lot. That guy has to be a lot more dynamic than just oh, go pick a guy out of a system. Like that has to be a special dude. Like Mike McDaniel's a special dude. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's not as easy as I think some folks make it make it out to be. So hopefully, D'Amico's got it figured out. Remember, starting tomorrow, we are uh, hooking folks up with a, a pair of tickets to the Houston Rodeo throughout the show. So stay tuned. Remember to after us the best of the day. The best of today with Figgy and T-Mill. Uh, great job today, Clint. Great job, Tyler. I am Ron, the show Hughley, as always, Houston. We love you, baby. Stop getting us football horny. My job is to get Houston football horny. You going with him, Tyler? Me oh, go, I'll floss my fl- cheeks and I'll twerk away. I'll do it all. Twerking for D'Amico. Hashtag twerk for D'Amico. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>